Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad you tuned into the broadcast today. Right here at the top of the broadcast, I want to say a very special hello and welcome to many of our brand new viewers from all over Africa, watching on the Faith Broadcasting Network, and in the UK, watching on Flow TV. We are so, so thankful to have you as a part of the Legacy Television family, and we are honored to be coming into your life, into your home. Wherever it is you're watching this, we are so thankful that the Lord has connected us and given us the opportunity to speak His Word into your life. And I'm looking forward to testimonies coming from your part of the world, from all over Africa, from across the UK. We are so excited about this increased access that we have to preach God's Word, to preach faith in Jesus, to teach and serve our generation with the Word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace. So if that's you and you are new to the Legacy Television family, before we get into the Word, I just want to let you know that we've got some great resources available to you. Download the Legacy Studios app from the App Store on your mobile device, any smart device that you have. And from there, you can read past issues of our magazine that we send out. You can watch past issues of the Legacy Television broadcast. We also want to make sure you're, you're staying up to date with what's going on at pearsonsministries.com. We have designed this site with one purpose, and that's to get God's Word to you, to make it easy for you to get the, the latest broadcast, whatever's going on here, the featured messages. We want to make it easy and accessible to you. So from us here in the United States to everyone watching now internationally and across the world, we welcome you and we're so thankful to be a part of this thing together. Let's pray today. We'll get right into the word. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to minister your word to your people by the help of your spirit under your anointing. Man, without this, Lord, we could not, without you, we couldn't do this. Without you, we would be left on our own and we'd have nothing to say, but thank you so much for giving us your word to stand on, your word to build our lives on. So I'm asking you once again for eyes that see Jesus in the word today, ears that hear his voice speaking to us from the word today and hearts that understand who we are in him, who Jesus is in us. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to go back to the book of Matthew chapter 11. We began reading there last week. And if you missed that broadcast, I invite you to, like I said, go to pearsonsministries.com and watch that broadcast or watch it from your mobile device through the Legacy Studios app. That, that message called, uh, what did we call it? Rest more, stress less. I think that's what we called it. Rest more, stress less. And everybody could use some of that in their lives. And we saw this from the book of Matthew chapter 11. What Jesus said, beginning in verse 25, it says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So what Jesus is about to say, you know that it's a revelation of the Father. And that's, that's what Jesus was and is his entire life in ministry here on earth. And, and as he is now, this is his whole thing. This is his whole job is to reveal the Father to you and to me. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is the express image of the Father. He's the visible image of the invisible God. 
And that's why he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because his whole job was to reveal the Father to you and to me. So whatever's about to come out of his mouth, you know is a revelation of God's will for your life and for mine. And if anybody wants to know anything, it ought to be that. God, what is your plan? What is your will for my life? Jesus is about to reveal a big part of that when he says in the very next verse, verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's a major revelation of the heart of the Father right here in these words, in this invitation that you and I have from Jesus to come to him. And what are we gonna find when we get there? What are we going to find when we come to Jesus and enter into his presence? We are going to find rest. That's what's waiting for you there. And this invitation was to all, not a select few, not a predetermined few, but to all. All, he said, who labor and are heavy laden. That word labor just means anxious, worried, toil, heavy laden, heavy burdened, burdened down. And for many of these people, all of these people, really, this was as much a, a physical labor, a physical toil as it was a spiritual toil, a spiritual labor. They had labored all their lifetime, all their lifetimes, generation after generation after generation, laboring to try to enter into some communion and relationship with God. But under that heavy law, under the burden of that law, there was no way. There was no way to measure up. There was no way to perform on a high enough level for God to give you this right standing and this righteousness with him. And that's why Jesus extends this invitation and says, hey, come to me. I'll make a trade with you. You give me your heavy burden. I'll give you my rest. I'll give you rest, he said. I'm going to give it to you. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You certainly can't pay enough for it. I'm just going to give it to you. But to get it, you've got to come to me. Jesus is the only place you're going to find this kind of rest. And the reason this is so significant to you and I was we first have to learn to rest on the inside before we ever learn to rest on the outside. We've got to learn to rest inwardly. And that's the kind of rest he is addressing. There are people, yes, who are so stressed out, running around in their lives, just constantly running from one place to another, putting out one fire over here to another one, running the kids in this direction, running to work, running home, running, running, running in every area and direction of their lives. And it's just turned into chaos. And there are these moments in people's lives that are stress inducing. And they spend year, the next several years trying to recover from that. And just when they get over that, there's another thing that pops up. Not just these moments that are major in your life, but the everyday stuff. Like I said, the running the kids here and there. That's a big one for us and our family. Our day starts very early when we're out the door to try to get these kids to school on time. And then we make it to work on time. And then we're looking at the clock all day long because what do we have to do? Go back, pick them up, take them home. And so much of our lives are just spent running, running, running. And that's why I'm telling you that this message I'm preaching it as much to myself right now as I am to you. 
And like I said last week, if these cameras weren't running, I would need to hear this. I need to hear myself preach this. We all need to hear it. That's why Jesus said, come to me all. Because all our lives are representative of this kind of stress. And if you're not watchful over it, you let that stress that's coming against you, you let that get in you. And that becomes the the source of all kinds of physical problems, sicknesses, chronic diseases, chronic ailments. I'll be real honest with you. There, there, There are some things that I've dealt with and wrestled with in my own body and my own health for the last several weeks, months. And I'm like before the Lord going, Father, I've prayed. I'm a man of faith. I know what your word says about my healing. But, but you know, it's only in these last few days, last few weeks maybe, that I'm coming to realize the Lord saying, Jeremy, I can't just take that thing off you. The root of it is the stress that you've let yourself live under. The root of it is you stressing out day after day after day. And he's saying, yeah, I could take it off you today and it would be back tomorrow until you learn how to quit stressing and start resting, these things are never gonna go away. And that's the same thing that's true for you, same thing that's true for me. Until we learn how to stop stressing and start resting, which is what Jesus came to give us, then these issues, these ailments, these, these frustrations that we're dealing with, not just in our bodies, but they result in pressure in your family, Husbands, wives, let me tell you something. If you can't seem to just quit arguing over everything and you can't even sometimes figure out, what are we fighting over? I don't know. And you're just constantly on edge with each other. I guarantee you the root of that thing is stress. It's the stress that you've let in. It's the stress of every day, every day, every day. And the answer is not just quit your job and move to a deserted island. That's obviously not the answer because then, you know, you got you know, cannibals and wild beasts to deal with. And that can be kind of stressful too. So the the answer to this thing is not just change your whole life. You, You can't just do that, but you can change how you deal with this stuff. You can change it. I mentioned a couple of times now, I guess this is fresh on my mind. This the daily grind of getting the kids to school. And for us, that's, a, that's an early morning. I mean, uh, for Sarah and I to get ourselves ready and then to get the kids ready, it starts oftentimes well before six o'clock in the morning. Get the kids up by maybe 10 till seven. And from that point, I've I, I watched myself. I, I go and I wake Jessie up and I wake her up with these sweet little kisses and good morning, my baby. I love you. You're beautiful to me. I wake up Justice. Hey, handsome. Good to see you this morning. I love you today. And I kid you not, 25, 30 minutes later, I'm like, let's get out the door. Why are the two of you so slow? What's the matter with you? And in that short amount of time, I went from peaceful daddy to stressed out daddy And then we spend the next 45 minutes to an hour in the car in traffic. And sometimes that's 45 minutes of stop touching me. Give me the pencil. I want the crayon. And and I'm just like, dear Lord, shut up back there. Am I being too honest with some of you this today? I I know some of you can relate to this. But we we had a morning the other day. It's not always like that, but, but every now and then it really is. But we had a morning the other day. We got in the car. And Justice, our six-year-old, almost seven, 
starts singing this praise and worship song that he'd learned at school and he sings it at church. Oh, happy day, happy day. Some of you have heard this one. And he's singing that. And he said, Daddy, I want to hear that song. So I get out my phone, I look it up and we play it. We're singing along as a family in the car. Oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away. Great song. And from there, just sort of turned into me and Sarah singing all these old praise and worship songs from our childhood, from our youth group days. And I was going through YouTube and looking them up and pulling them up in the car and we're singing these songs. And I'm telling you, the presence of God so filled our car. And we had the greatest, what, 45, 50 minute drive to school that we'd ever, ever had. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Praise and worship really has the power to change somebody's mood. You know, this is major revelation. Somebody ought to preach a message on this. This is not major revelation. I've known this. You've known this. But it makes a difference on how you handle the stress. We had the same traffic we always had. The drive was no shorter. But we were different. And we were different just by entering into praise, entering into worship, and having a good time, laughing, enjoying these songs from our childhood, from our teenager youth group days, teaching them to the kids. I look back there, Justice is playing air guitar. He's playing drums. Daddy's beating the drums on the steering wheel. We had the greatest time. We so enjoyed it. But there's such a principle there and a spiritual force at work. None of the stress, the outward stress had changed, but just by simply praising God, we put up this shield, this wall, if you will, and it didn't let the stress in us. Let me show this to you in scripture. Go a couple of places. We've got a few minutes left. Go to Philippians chapter four. I want you to hear something Paul had said in writing his response to his partners here, his partners that had gotten together and blessed him financially. And this letter is his response. It's kind of a thank you letter back to these people. And in verse 10 of chapter four, Philippians chapter four, he said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me had flourished again, though surely you did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak, he said, in regard to need. Man, that's a major key right there. Not that I speak in regard to need. You got to start taking stock and inventory of how often you catch yourself talking about the need. How much are you talking about what you don't have, what you wish you had, what somebody else has that you don't have. Husbands, wives, how much are you talking about the need, what we don't have? And you talk the need all the time. But Paul said, I'm not speaking in regard to need because I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. This is a, a major key and a major weapon in your fight against stress. Learn to be content. Now, don't mistake that word content for settling. Don't just look around you at all the shortage and think, well, I guess this is just all God wants me to have. No, that's settling. Contentment is, Lord, in spite of what I don't have, I'm going to thank you for what I do. I'm going to thank you for how you've brought me this far. And if you brought me this far, you can get me all the way. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Shout amen out there. Come on, let me hear you in the UK. Let me hear you across Africa. Because this same thing is true for every one of us all over the world. He said in verse 12, I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. 
How do you do that, Paul? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He found this other source of strength. So people who are not born again, don't have Jesus as their Lord and not filled with the spirit, their strength has got to come from the outside in. And most of the time, what's going on around them and outside them, it's not a source of strength. It's a drain on their strength. That's what these stressors are. They're a drain on your strength. It's just sapping and zapping the strength right out of you. And you get to, I almost said the end of the day, you'd be glad to get to the end of the day. But oftentimes it's before before half the day's even gone and you just feel totally spent. Well, it's because you've run out of strength. You're going to have to find a new source for it. How in the world can you be content in whatever state you're in? He said, I had to learn it. And learning it gave him that know-how. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I've learned how to do this. How do you do that, Paul? I do it by drawing strength from Christ who's in me. But look at what he said in the next verse. Nevertheless, verse 14, you did well. You've done well that you shared in my, notice this next word, distress. Distress, D-I, and then what's the next word? Stress. So this is as real then as it is now, distress. This word, if you look it up, literally translates to straits, S-T-R-A-I-T-S. I think I did that right, straits, or, or a narrow, tight place. You've heard of people talk about a straight jacket. You've seen something like that before. Hopefully you've just seen it, never actually experienced it. But somebody who's been put in a straight jacket that's been put on them for one reason, to limit their movements, to restrict their ability to move under their own might and power. And Paul is saying, that's the state, the condition I was in. I was in a strait. And he said, you shared with me. And what is he talking about? That financial gift that they sent. I believe Paul's literally saying here, it was tight financially. I don't know, has anybody watching this broadcast ever dealt with any stress maybe related to finances? maybe related to having a little more month than money, <laughs> that just that tight. You ever use that word to describe your finances? Just a little bit tight right now. It's just a little bit tight. Well, he's experiencing that. But, but God did something through the partnership of these people. And if you go on, he says in verse 18, he says, I have all and I abound and I am full. So he went from that tight place to having more than enough because of what God did in his life through these people. But I want you to realize that he was in the same place I have found myself in, that you have found, and maybe you are even in right now, where times are tight, tight financially, tight on time. All of these things are stressors. But if you go look, we've got just a couple of minutes, go to the book of Psalms. We're gonna see this word again and look in Psalm 118 at what David says here in verse five, Psalm 118, five, he said, I called on the Lord in distress. The same word that we just read that Paul said, David said, I called on the Lord in distress. 
You know, when you're in that tight time, when you're in those straits, when you're in that straight jacket financially, or you're in that straight jacket in your time, and it feels like you're just restricted in everything you do, there's only one place and only one person to call on. That's not the time to call mama. That's not the time to call daddy. That's not the time to call your rich relatives. Hey, I got a few of those and they'd be easy to call on, but I've got to do the same thing that David did and you've got to do the same thing and call on Jesus. That's why he said, come to me. Come to me all who are labor, who are laborsome uh, and, and you, you've got heavy burdens on you. Come to me. Don't go over there to this person. Don't go over there to that one. Don't take the problem to them. Bring it to me, he said. Watch what David said. I called on the Lord in distress, in straits, in that tight time. And the Lord answered me and he set me in a broad place. What's a broad place, man? That's wide. That's roomy. That's, that's freedom, man. That's room to move. And that is the plan of God for your life. That's where he wants to see you. Not living in the state of abased. He wants to see you living in the state of abounding. How are you going to get there? You have got to come to Jesus and enter in to his rest. You know, I grew up going to my parents' church our pastors for so long. And my dad was famous for saying this. He said, in teaching a series along these lines, he said, I refuse to worry worry and stress. Instead, I choose to enter the rest. You got to say that. I refuse to worry and stress. Instead, I choose to enter the rest. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 